The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. We're joined by a very, very special guest. If you are a University of Texas baseball fan, this guy was the face of the program, the ace of the program, a guy that I had to get on the show because he was carving in college last year. It's my pleasure to welcome first round's draft selection for the Detroit Tigers, Ty Madden, to the podcast. How are we? We're doing good. Thanks for having me. What an introduction, by the way. I mean, that's well, that's just straight off the cuff. Credit to me for doing that. But like I said, man, I mean, last year, the, the, the face of the University of Texas, I'll say, it, and I said it to Cody Clemens, too. Let's go into last year. So last year, you kind of put yourself on the map. I mean, I'm not a stack guy, but 225 or 245 ERA, that'll play. So what was going right for you last year and what was kind of clicking and how much confidence did you have? Did you have right off the bat? Yeah, I mean, coming off the COVID year, I had. <clears throat> like seven months to just fully work on my craft. And um, it's like I got a lot stronger and cleaned up some things mechanically and um, saw some some jumps and velo and, and just my stuff in general. And um, yeah, I mean, fastball and slider were huge for me this year. So the fastball and slider you mentioned, was that something that you used a lot in your freshman and sophomore season? Or was that like something that was just, you, you, you tried to, work on during those years and then you really maximized that your junior year yeah freshman year I was a uh, I was more of a two-seam guy and with like a a really bad slider <laughs> it wasn't very good and then I went to the cape after my freshman year and um, had great coaching down there and I switched to a four-seam guy and started getting really good feedback from from catchers and hitters down there and um, so that was I made that switch my sophomore year and the slider seemed to just kind of take off it was always slurvish in the past and then I started thinking cutter and just throwing the shit out of it and it started turning into a slider and it was that's when I really started to see growth with that pitch dude and you're a guy obviously you're you're, you grow up in Texas you're from Texas and I don't know if you know Blair Henley but this guy at his high school threw three no hitters in a row I believe I don't know like some I might someone might stat check me on that but I'm pretty sure he threw three no hitters in a row so you're from Cyprus, is that correct? That Cyprus yeah. Ranch, you went to Cyprus Ranch High School. Were you that guy on campus? And I ask that to every single guy, but being a guy that was committed to the University of Texas, were you just putting hitters in your back pocket your whole high school career? Like, was this something that you were always good at or you kind of were a late bloomer? Um, I'd say I was a little bit of a late bloomer, but our, uh, I mean, our high school staff was disgusting. We had three guys that ran it up to the mid upper 90s. Oh and my God. Yeah, it was our, our staff was gross and we had a really good team, but um, the Houston area puts out some some good prospects and and college guys. And so towards the bottom of the lineups and a lot of the lineups in high school, it was it was pretty overpowering. But I mean, we faced a lot of good hitters. And so it was definitely still still challenging. And I, my command just wasn't good in high school. And so that struggled with that a little bit, too. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a blast. Those are those years were awesome. Being a baseball player in Texas, I always wonder this because obviously growing up in Canada, we have this kind of perception of the University of Texas where it's like Friday night lights, the football players get every single girl they want at the school, which is obviously like which ha what happens. Do you, is there a little bit of jealousy 
as a baseball player, like just seeing how much like the football players are, are glorified. I don't know if it was like that at your high school, but football is like the number one sport, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Texas high school football is ridiculous. I mean, you will <laughs> dump into Texas high school football and it's insane. But I mean, I wouldn't say I really got jealous. I mean, I played football growing up and I just didn't really enjoy it as much. And then I started throwing harder and um, baseball was my thing. And I wasn't, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I was too jealous, but we still went to the football games and stuff like that. So what is the football game like, for instance? Like, is it in your town? Was that like a holiday pretty much where everything was closed at like 8 p.m., 7 p.m.? No one's doing anything. Everyone is at the game and it's sold out. Or was your high school more small? Uh, I mean, no, we still like sold out the stadiums, but I wouldn't say everything shut down. But um, no, like people would dress up and make just get rowdy. And um, yeah, it was it was fun. I I didn't go to too many, but the ones I went to were were a good time. So when was the first time you hit 90? Because we always talk about this where guys realized they were (laughs) disgusting at the game of baseball. For some, they never realized it. But when was the first time you hit 90 and what was your kind of reaction? Like, holy shit, I just hit fucking 90 miles an hour. Um, I think it was my be going into my sophomore year Jesus of high Christ. school or during my sophomore year. And um, I don't remember like specifically hitting 90, but I remember like I had a good day and I ran it up to, it was probably 91 or 92 and somebody came and told me after and i was like all right let's go sweet (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible just having no idea and the sophomore year is ridiculous so in in that texas high school ranking were you like playing guys that are in the show now or are close to the show and stuff like that like who were the guys you were playing in your like division or conference um i mean i grew up playing summer ball against like like jordan groshans was one of them that's we a front of the pod that's a front of the podcast right there okay he's nasty uh, by the way holy shit yeah. he's gross um shane boz was a year ahead of me he's from the cypress tomball area and obviously he was he did everything in high school he hit and pitched and hit bombs but um yeah i mean one of one of my good buddies on my team was colton Kowser, and he's he was a top pick in this year's draft and he's with the Orioles now, but it was just, I don't know. We had fun and um, we played, we played a lot of different guys. I'm trying to think of some more, but maybe some more pop in my head later. Dude, I'm fascinated by high, like Texas high school, obviously, because like for us to play good competition here in Canada, you have to go to like the Arizona's, the Florida's and like the travel tournaments and face you guys. So I'm just legitimately fascinated at the fact that you were a sophomore in high school hitting like 90. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. So were you committed to University of Texas as a sophomore or a junior? Like what, what no, year did you commit? I um, So I caught most growing up and um, I, I hit a huge growth spurt my freshman year as a lot of people do and kind of switch from the pitching to, or catching to pitching. And I actually committed to Rice when I was a sophomore. Damn. And that's that's where I thought I wanted to be. It was it was a great program and um, it was close to home. And then I uh, so I was committed to Rice for two years. My high school coach went to be the pitching coach at Rice. And um, and then right before my senior year is when Wayne Graham was kind of getting the boot out of Rice. Yeah. And so I uh, I decommitted and then um, committed to Texas right before my senior year. And be honest here. This is a true circle because we've had guests tell stories about like all this kind of stuff, like decommitting. D- does Rice hate you? Like, is there like a little blind? Be honest. Like, this is a true circle. You're in the show. You're. I mean, you're. You're in the. You're in the. You're in the league now. I mean, you're a pro baseball player. Does Rice hate you? Like, is there, are they looking at it like, are you the one that got away? Is like, how weird was that conversation? Um, I mean, it was with my high school coach, and he was pretty pissed at me. But uh, <laughs> he's. He's reached out to me since then and um, like told me congrats and everything like that. But I mean, Rice doesn't hate me. They let me go out there and throw live ABs whenever um, in bullpens when I'm at home. And um, they've had a whole new coaching change. And uh, me and Cody work out with, or we work out together. And Trey Cruz is with the Tigers as well. And obviously, they, they have a big impact at Rice. So we've gone over there and they, uh, they welcome me with open arms. <laughs> okay. And you mentioned Cody, cause I got to go into this because obviously, like I mentioned before, I'm really good friends with Nolan Kingham. He's the reason why this show's done so well and has done what it's done, especially with the guests he's gotten me. 
it, are those guys looked upon as like legends there? Like when, when you guys were coming into the school and stuff, obviously they, they made the college world series. I think that was three or four years ago. Right. Um, and you have Cody Clemens, Chase Sugar, like all, all guys, friends of the show, Blair Henley, Nolan Kingham. Are, are those, is that team like, was that team looked upon as like, this is the standard that we should have, like have coming into the school. Like were they looked upon as like legends there. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I remember it more with my recruiting trip. Like after we've all like committed there and had our official visit and um, like they, we hung out with them and stuff like that. It was like, we, we wanted to be them. Like we wanted to be X. And now it's funny because I have a relationship with these guys and um, like we're, we're friends now. And I remember like when I was little or not little, but going into my freshman year and it was like, like someone that's Cody Clemens. Like we need to, someone needs to have a year like he had. <laughs> His year, I mean, we talked about it on the show. He kind of, I know I, I was kind of biased when I said he got robbed of the Golden Spikes, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that guy on the White Sox won it, Andrew Vaughn, and his stats are just idiotic. So, I mean, it made sense. But Cody Clemens was, it, that guy's number has to get retired sooner or later at the University of Texas, right? I mean, that guy was disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it will. Oh, it has to be. It literally has to be. But so, when you go into the University of Texas as a freshman, obviously there's like this standpoint where it's if you don't throw high 90s or mid 90s or if you don't have disgusting stuff, your ass is on the bench. Like plain and simple. Was that intimidating to you kind of going into that school and seeing all the draft picks they have, all the top prospects that are coming in there with you? Like how intimidated were you at that point? No, I mean, I think I think my high school set me up for that because we had such good stuff at my yeah. high school. We had the two guys behind me that got drafted in the – the compensation round and the, and the second round the year after me. And so it was like, I grew up with th surrounding myself with guys who were 95. And so like, when I, when I came into school, I saw a lot of people get big eyed, but for me, it was like, let's roll. Like I, I, I've been doing this the last three years. <laughs> Dude. It, it, do you think your high school team, because obviously you guys got to face at Texas, some bottom dwellers, like the midweek games. Do you think your high school team could legit put up a fight? in like in the D1 con or in D1 with this talent you guys had? Yeah. I mean, we were, I think so for sure. Like, what were you, did you guys win state? Like, what were you ranked in the state or the country at one point? We lost in the state finals, but we, uh, I mean, we were top five in the, for sure. Top five in the state. And I think we were even top 10 in the country. So that's a toughy, a touchy subject. Eh? Like the losing in state, especially I know for Texas guys. So, I mean, were you on the bump in that game or what? No, I, uh, it was the, so the way state works in baseball is four teams go and then they have, you play on Friday and then you play on Saturday yeah. and we start one of our guys on Friday and I was upset. I didn't get the ball, but we, uh, <laughs> after two innings, I came in and, and threw and, and we lost that game. It was tough. Yeah, that, see that one. You you'll make the show. I mean, you make the show. You just you play in World Series games, but it's always that state get the, the losing state in high school that will always stick with the guys. They'll always talk about that shit. So it's a tough bounce. But and and one thing that's weird to me in te about Texas is is Nolan. We used to send me pictures, and he would like send me pictures of hats or like t-shirts or BP jackets with just no logo on it. Like, what what was the deal with that? What, what, like what's going on with coach Pierce over there? What, or like, what's the deal? So starting the year at, at Texas, they, uh, they say you have to earn your horns. Like you're not, you're, you can't show up and just expect to, to, I don't know, like to play and to have that, the honor of wearing uh, the logo on your chest and stuff. And so they would give us like Academy golf hats and <laughs> plain t-shirts and, um, after you go through like the, the like Navy SEAL workouts in the fall and stuff like that. And, and they would, they would give you your horns. And then, so you'd go into your locker and you would have stuff with Texas gear on it. That is actually like kind of electric to be honest. And the, Na <laughs> the Navy SEAL workouts that Nolan mentioned, I mean, what do they have you guys doing? Because I used to see video, cause you know, the university of Texas does these hype <laughs> videos about the fall and all that kind of stuff what are you guys doing here? Like what were some of the, like the workouts or stuff that you guys would do? Cause it looks kind of like nightmare fuel to me, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, looking like from now, looking back, they, they probably weren't that bad, but just the fact that there's someone screaming at you and they, I mean, they, they pull out like a, like a water hose at five 30 in the morning and, and you're doing up downs and they're spraying you down. 
it's 50 degrees and so um your socks are wet which is the worst part by far is having socks and cleats wet but um yeah i mean we would do like uh sled pushes and just like indian runs and um i mean a whole like just mental stuff that doesn't train <laughs> baseball field but just yeah, i mean they worked because some kids you would see just would give up and everyone would be like all right like get out of here <laughs> like how many kids and like over under i don't know if you're a gambling guy like 12 kids during your whole time there would you say over 12 kids quit before the like the like the navy seal shit even ended or was it like everyone was grinding through it together? No, it was more like, I mean, everyone was grinding through it together. Like, I mean, obviously, if someone, I mean, I'm not very fast. So sometimes I was towards the back and it's like, <laughs> if you don't make the time, then they got to do another one. And so that, like, obviously that's, that's tough. And some kids wouldn't, but um, I mean, I wouldn't say it was more people quit from that. Those were kind of, whenever you finished, they were fun. Like, everyone's like all hype they were friday morning saturday mornings in the locker room and so we're done by like 7 30 in the morning and that's electric yeah everyone's playing music and and those are fun those are good times i feel like coach pierre and this is the, i could be completely wrong on this but i feel like he kind of wants you guys to get after and have a good time so he just ended you guys at 7 30 a.m all right guys hit the bars like just start start pounding back drinks for game day i feel like that was like an element of it because when you guys ended did you guys have that saturday or sunday off like the rest of the day to like do whatever the hell you guys wanted yeah i mean mainly it was on like saturday football games that's a, we were- see good for him that see that's a good coach that's a coach you want to play for especially if it like texas played a noon game on saturday it was like, all right, let's let's get our work in and let's let's get out of here and go enjoy the football game. Yeah, I mean, and you talk about enjoying the football game, and obviously, a lot of the guys tell stories about like the college game days there and all that kind of stuff. Do you have a specific game that you attended that was like the greatest atmosphere or the greatest game you went to, where it was just all the boys were there firing, or like just your most memorable football game during your career there? Um. Probably my sophomore year, whenever LSU played, and that was Joe Burrow's year. Yes. Like, that was the first, like, one of the first games where it was like, oh, we lost, so that sucked. But <laughs> every, like, the stadium was full, everyone was there, and it was, it was hype. And um, I remember after that game going, who the hell is this Joe Burrow? <laughs> threw the ball all over us. I remember that game, actually. That was earlier in the year, I believe, correct? Like, that was like, <laughs> Like had to be three weeks in or two weeks in, right? Like second or third week of the season. And do you, does the baseball team get free tickets to the football games or is it like student passes? No, all, all student athletes get free tickets to the game. Okay. All right. That stadium, by the way, holy shit. Hopefully Texas football is back. Yeah. I've lost. And I'll say that I say this to all Texas (laughs) guys. I've lost an unhealthy amount of money gambling on the University of Texas football team. I don't know what it is with that team. They never cover. I don't know what it is, but holy shit. But what's your thought process on Coach Sark? I mean, I, last year was not good. I'll be like, it was kind of a rough year, to be honest. No, yeah, last year wasn't good. I don't I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him. I'm not the biggest football guy, but um, I hope he hope he turns it around. Because, and you saw the atmosphere, and obviously we're, we're kind of, I mean, I, I consider myself kind of boys with occupy left field guys on twitter they always retweet our stuff and we have texas guys on those guys are electric i mean what was your relation what are, what is like the players relationships like with the occupy left field guys because man i mean they're at every single it seems like they're at every practice it seems like, i don't know yeah it's i mean it's unbelievable they're the best fans in college baseball maybe best fans in baseball it is it is unreal i mean the way they take in our families and like my our parents and friends and stuff are out there and it's it's awesome like they i think they look for more for, they look forward to going out there more than actually watching the game <laughs> and, like my my family got so close to them and i just think it's it's really awesome what they do and um the like the environment that they bring to our games dude it, it's i always said i want to go to university of texas game and they actually i think they told me to come down once because i love the i like those guys are so they like bring anyone in. they don't really care if you're rooting for the university of texas they'll like they'll be your boy forever so yeah. i wanted to go into last year because i believe it was the year before last or two years ago right you guys struggled obviously that was like the COVID year you guys didn't have a good year, and then the last, year 
Yeah, the year before. The year before that, yeah. sorry. So last year, you guys go 50 and 17. Like, like, what are you are you kidding me with that shit? You make the College World Series. At the start of the year, you guys have to face Mississippi, Arkansas, Ole Miss, back to back to back. Like top 10 teams in the nation. And you guys go 0-3. And, and then the rest of the year, you guys go 50 and 14, which is legitimately mind-boggling to me like that. That was your record. At what point did you kind of realize we got something special here. Like we, this is, this team is different than what I've seen before. Um, I think it was a couple weeks in the, in the big 12. We went on like a, a 15 game run or it was either 13 or 16, something like that. And during that run, our DH Ivan Melendez had like a six game streak of hitting bombs. <laughs> it was like, we went on that streak and it was like, okay, wait, this is someone looked up and we're like, wait, we've won 12 games in a row. Like, let, let's keep it cruising. And um, I would say there we were, I mean, we were a really tight group and we were locked in and that first weekend was definitely a little gut punch for us. No, dude, like I said, I mean, I respect like whoever like plans your guys schedule because they threw you guys in the fire week one. I mean, you guys haven't played, obviously you've done the inner squads and all that kind of stuff, but you didn't get to play legit talent like i mean other teams like go up against other guys and you guys are going up against the best teams in the country like mississippi state who won the world series was your game one so i mean how long did you took did you think it took your team to kind of settle in and just kind of play with each other and play for each other unless it was at the start of the year yeah i mean we uh so we didn't even really get we didn't get to inner squad the week before that because texas had like a freeze oh yes we like didn't even like had 10 of the guys were able to drive to the field. Some people were sleeping in the indoor because they couldn't drive their cars, but they wanted to make sure they could at least play catch. And so that week was, we didn't even know if we were going to play. If Like people were eating bags of chips. For, um, <laughs> we had a bunch of like deer meat and fish in the frozen in the uh, freezer. So we were, we still had good meals, but I know kids that survived off pretzels for three days, but we, uh, it was that was a tough week, and then um, after that, we were just kind of like, "Hey, it's over with." Like, we had a saying, uh, "Remember the Arlington," and it was kind of not a joke, but like, like we would just use it. And um, and then we had a shirt in the locker room that um, somebody just wrote "Just F and Win" on on <laughs> the shirt. That's a sick quote. I mean, it's an electric <laughs> shirt, and and hung it like in the doorway to the locker room, and it it stayed there all year. See, I love that because, and that's the thing, and I always say this about professional sports compared to college sports. Yes, watching Major League Baseball is sick, and it's like, yes, watching the NFL is sick, but it's just different in college. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just different. You guys have these, you guys are legitimately all playing for each other. You're not playing for a contract, none of that stuff. I love college baseball, and obviously, I think it starts tomorrow. Is that correct? The first games are tomorrow. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we're recording this on the 17th, obviously, but it's tomorrow, and you're – that coaching staff you guys had, I got to bring this up. Obviously, me being a Toronto guy, Troy Tulowitzki is my hero, my, my lord and savior. And I believe he's one of your coaches. Is that correct? Or he was? Oh, yeah. No, he still is. He's my guy. He's unbelievable. Tell him, tell him I say what's up. But besides the fact, I mean, what's this guy like? I mean, Troy Tulowitzki, I think of the packed Rogers Center in Toronto. He Him at shortstop with Josh Donaldson on the right side. I love that dude. So what is he like as a coach? He's, he's a grinder. He gets after it. Like, I mean, he'll be in the cage all day till three in the morning. If people are <laughs> after a game to hit, I mean, he gets after it and he, uh, he still competes. Like he'll get in the cage and, um, they talk shit to each other and players will like grind out ABs and he'll throw 90 from 20 feet away. And, um, but he's unbelievable. I love the guy. It, did you like did he ever go up in the cage against you like did he ever get live ab's against you because that would be like i would pay thousands to like maybe live live <laughs> ab's time out in versus troy Tulowitzki. we must watch no he was always like these guys need to be ready to go play so he'd let the players get ab's but i mean he helped me a lot in my career and um he taught me things from a hitter's aspect of me on the mound and that's something that's can be kind of rare these days because pitchers hang out with pitchers all the time and so you're always working and learning from pitchers and he taught me from a hitter's aspect dude he's i mean he's just electric as it is and you guys had another coach by the way and one of the best closing pitchers of all time maybe i'm biased for saying that 
Houston Street. I mean, this guy, was he teaching or did he attend Texas when he was coaching there? Like, what's the deal with that? He was he was taking some classes. Okay, what's he like as a coach? Because, by the way, his college stats are video game cheat code like shit. He was, I mean, his numbers retired there, right? Yeah, it is. They just retired it this last year. But he's, I mean, he's crazy. He's psycho. But he, uh, I mean, his attention to detail is like, I've never seen it. And he kind of taught us that. And um, he spent a lot of time with me and kind of my, my whole catch play. And I feel like that's where my command started to take steps up is because of him. Did he ever tell you, and maybe some coaches don't do, or maybe he's not the coach kind of do that, but did he ever tell you like, listen, man, like you're special or like you got something serious here. Like your shit is a little bit better than what I've seen from like these other guys or the guys we face. Yeah. It was more like you're right here. And you could be way up here. Like you need to, you need to take this next step. And um, like he'd help me with things to do. And he, uh, yeah, just about being locked in and, and everything you do on the baseball field. Dude, he's, uh, I mean, it, it's it's so cool to see like these guys come back to the University of Texas and coach. Like it, it's incredible to see. And then you guys had that alumni game, I believe two weeks ago, Nolan couldn't go because of uh, the ice storm or whatever. They couldn't fly guys in, but What's that like? Because I saw, I, I remember it was like, I think it was like three years ago, Roger Clemens was on the bump throwing to you guys. Is that game taken like as serious as it looks like? Because it like, obviously the players are kind of getting after it. Like the alumni guys are having a couple drinks, but it looks like it's pretty high, like high intensity, high intensity. No. Yeah. Our, the, the alumni guy, like I didn't throw because I just wasn't in shape to throw in a game yet at that point, but they, uh, so it's a lot of like the current players kind of play for the alumni team as yeah. well. But I mean, the alumni are locked in too, especially at the plate. Like, I mean, David Hamilton had like two or three knocks and ran a triple or something like that. Like they're, I mean, we're all competitors. So that kind of comes out when there's people in the stands and, and we're playing a game. Dude, it's, it's sick to see. And, and obviously we talk about the university of Texas and all these rivalries you guys have. And I believe who would you say was during your career there, the team that you hated the most and that hated you guys the most, where the fans are getting after it to you and the the other players are talking shit, chirping you guys. Like, what was that team for you guys? I mean, that's hard. I mean, there's there's really three that come to mind and they're easy. Or you've got AM, you've got OU, and you've got Texas Tech. And obviously we didn't play like we play AM on a Tuesday game. But I've never felt – we loved it. I've never felt more hated on a baseball field than when we went to the station. Really? Yeah. I mean, but it was, it was awesome. Like, that's that's why we play. And, I mean, they are just giving us an earful during BP. They had they had the stands full with students, like, way before the game even started. So, we're out there shagging, and they're, they're, they're yelling at us and talking shit while we're just standing there. That's so sick. See, that, like – the rivalry and obviously you guys are going to the sec i believe it's next year or the year after so that you guys get to like that's elevated with the amount of times you guys get to play them so that is going to be bananas but what was one team that the occupy left field guys or the university of texas fans would get after when they'd visit you guys um <clears throat> it had i mean OU. everyone just the the red river everyone just screams and it's it's a fun game. Dude, the OU rivalry, obviously they own your ass in football. No disrespect. I mean, they really do. But in baseball, would you say that you guys obviously had the rivalry during your career there, like head-to-head-wise? Yeah, I mean, I think so. My freshman year wasn't wasn't great, but um, the this last year we got them. And so what – and I'm obviously looking at your stats here. In your freshman year, you, I mean, you, uh, how many games did you start? You, you started eight games. You played in 15. You had a 3-4 year A, which is really good for a freshman – a true freshman coming in nonetheless. But what year during your, like, your tenure at Texas did you realize, like, I have the shit to be a Friday guy that gets drafted first round that's starting game one of the College World Series? Like, what point did you realize that your shit was unreal – and you have the potential to be like this first round guy that's getting the bag in the draft. Um, it was probably my my sophomore year. We uh, we played at Minute Maid and I threw against Arkansas. And um, I made a couple good starts before that. And obviously they were a top five team at the time. And and I was pretty locked in and had a good outing against them. And that's where kind of my confidence started to grow more. 
Dude, because I remember that series because it, it was who, – who else was there? It was you guys, Arkansas. We played, yeah, we played LSU on Friday. We played Arkansas on Saturday, and we played Mizzou on Sunday. Jesus Christ. That is just – I mean, talk about throwing the guys' asses in the fire, but, I mean, that's just insane to me. So that junior year for you, though, right, where everything's going well and you're, like, the go-to guy. I mean, you're, everyone's talking about you being the best pitcher in college and all that kind of stuff. What was your best start during your junior season? Like that one start, the Mona Lisa start where it's like, I put these clowns in my back pocket. It was for sure U of H. I U went, of H? Yeah, I went CG with, I think, 13 Ks. Oh, my God. When you're throwing that good, and I, I like, when you're throwing that good, are you the guy that's in the dugout where it's like, no one fucking talk to me? Or are you like at the top, like the top uh, step, just gr- like grinding with the boys, cheering the boys on? Or like, which guy are you in the dugout? No, I'm always sitting by myself in the in the back corner of it and just get my heart rate down and stand locked in for the batters that I'm going to face the next inning. Is that something you've always done though? Like are you always that kind of guy even like in high school where it's no one talk to Ty when when he when it's bump day for him? Yeah, for sure. That's how I've always been. Wow. So is it, are you talking about this Houston game? It was one nothing final score? Yeah. <laughs> That is an absurd game. Two hits you gave up. Uh, let, let me let me pull up the stat sheet here. I mean, nine innings, two hits, 14 punchies, dude. Are you kidding me with that shit? Like, so I obviously, I, I think I saw one of your starts or two of your starts last year. One of them was obviously on ESPN for the World Series. Um, are you the high-intensity guy on the bump? Because you said your heart rate's like, sky high but are you that guy that's fist pumping talking shit to the other team or you're just keeping yourself um i mean i give a fist pump every now and then but i'd say overall i'm i'm pretty locked in and and i mean my adrenaline's going and i'm i get after people's ass but i'm not like i don't really yell at the other team or stuff like that the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And I'm going to recommend this to you because I'm just going to warn you, obviously we've had a ton of minor league guys on the show. It's hard to keep that intensity in the minor leagues. You got to incorporate smelling salts. Plain and simple. I'm going to be I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Have you tried smelling salts? Yeah, we have them in our gym and uh we riff them before like we do heavy sets of squat or deadlift or stuff like that. Okay. So what do you think you can pitch on it? Uh I don't know. My nose like runs too much. <laughs> I don't I don't like it. I have like an itch in, in my nose. Okay, so that's fine. I mean, I was just just brainstorming here because obviously it's going to be like a summer day and God knows where Montana or Ohio or just some random city that you've never been to in your life. And it's like there's four fans there. Then you, you how do I get up for this game? Boom, smelling salts. Pretty simple. Like what, what do you do, by the way? Are you superstitious with your pregame routines and stuff? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I have a routine, but there's not like there's not any crazy – superstition i just like to do the same stuff <laughs> like do you listen to country music or what is it um i mean i do both probably more towards the game <clears throat> it's a little more rap but then also like <clears throat> i'm good with no music like so you're I, a psychopath yeah a little bit i guess <laughs> but more more towards start time it's i take the headphones out and i give myself like five minutes of just just working on my breathing and, and getting locked in with no, no lyrics before, before the game. 
I would love to tap into like, obviously I'll never be able to do this. I'll never be able to go into your, your, your clubhouse. I would love to tap into your brain pre-start or just kind of see the, like, cause I love these guys. And obviously I, I'm assuming we're just going to pretend you're number 32 for Roy holiday. I'm sure to pretend that because when I see the number 32 in my mind, I'm like, you kind of pursue, you, you're kind of like the same guy. He was kind of tall, bigger build, like kind of like stronger. And you're just kind of, you just throw absolute fuzz and just paint shit. So I would love to see what the fuck, what is running through your head before a start. But why were you number 32? Is that something you've always been? No, I mean, I was in, I was 14 in high school. And then my freshman year, they, uh, <clears throat> they gave me 32 and I liked it. I thought it looked good on me. That, that means they think you're a baller though, bro. Like they're not giving you number 62 or some shit. Like they're giving you, that's the ACE number like that. That is the number right there. And you know, what's going to be weird. And I always say this. I mean, when I talk to like Suge or Nolan or Blair, it is so weird to like watch a Texas baseball game and see their numbers, like guys, just random yeah. dudes wearing their numbers out there. Are you going to be, it's, it's going to be hard for you to be like watching a Texas game and be like, who the, like, who's this number 32 guy? You're, you might have to give the approval, right? You have to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be a little weird, but I mean, it's going to happen. <laughs> are you going to, do you, are you going to maybe tell coach Pierre, are you going to be like, all right, I want this guy to be number 32. Maybe go into like a false scrimmage, kind of look around, watch the game, be like, all right, this guy's the number 32. He, he has my approval. No, but I'm sure they'll throw me a text or something and be like, Hey, this, this guy's wearing it. They said, nobody's going to wear it this year, but wow. I'm sure somebody will wear it. So we're going to start the narrative that the number 32 is retired at the University of Texas, and then we're going to do in brackets for 2022. Like that, it'll <laughs> only be retired for this year. And how? And obviously, this is going to come out after the season started. But how does that Texas team look? I mean, obviously, a couple guys are returning and all that kind of stuff. It, based on your opinion, is it going to be another 50 and 17 year again, or what's the deal? Yeah, I mean they they seem locked in. They got they got a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of returning guys. And um, obviously they're the unanimous, whatever preseason number one and yeah. I don't. So they gotta, they gotta play up to it, dude. And but they, they got a lot of confidence and swag. So I think they'll, I think they'll be all right, dude. It's yeah. That team is, I, I think I saw that all over the, all over the place. They're just ranked number one. The only shitty thing about that is, is you have that target on your back and being at the university of Texas, <laughs> you the, always got, you always got it too. And do you, you get every team's best. Am I right or wrong? In mid, middle of the week, it's every team is like, that's the best game they're going to play all year when they're playing the University of Texas. Did you guys have any points where you guys got upset or it was like, man, I can't believe we're in like a nail biter with so-and-so like Sam Hughes or just like some random team. Did you guys ever have that spot last year? No, I mean, I mean, after a and beat us, it was like they, they won the college world series. <laughs> It was, I mean, it sucks, but then we, that's when we rattled 16 off after that. But my freshman year, we lost a couple Tuesday games and it was like, I mean, teams are borderline dogpiling on the mound. after. <laughs> Dude, that, that just goes to show like how good of a school, like how good of a baseball program you guys have there. It's just, it's crazy to me, but, and when you were there last year, obviously being the ace, the Friday guy, the, like the main guy on the bump. Were you and be honest here? Were you getting noticed around campus, or were you like, fan, were you signing like babies' foreheads and shit, or like what was the deal with that last year? No, no. I mean, we didn't even have class in person, so I wasn't. I mean, I was hardly on campus. I'd say I got recognized a few times in, in restaurants, but nothing, nothing crazy. Okay, so the I mean, the Occupy Left Field guys were like the main dudes for you. So, and then yeah, I want to go into like that that build up that you guys had to the College World Series, obviously um so you guys do play in the regional you just absolutely murder like the three teams you got what was it the three teams southern arizona state and fairfield that was the three teams you guys played in regionals <laughs> are you kidding me yeah so i mean I, that's tough i mean that i mean that's tough to bounce back from because those are like kind of three not easy wins of arizona state for sure but i mean well, how how hard was it to keep that intensity during those games because they were all blowouts you guys won by over 10 every game almost i mean it wasn't we had we sold out the crowd and that was kind of the i think the series before was the first series they led 100 percent capacity yeah. so we were just fired up that it was sold out and so we just we just played our game and it was fun to be in front of the the full crowd that full crowd there like the burnt orange the horns up all that kind of shit it is crazy to me and then you guys go into the the austin super regional obviously you guys are hosting both times Is that good you tell me and you're playing 
South Florida, and you guys just go 2-0 and against them. What is – do you remember the emotions that you had that last out on Sunday, June 13th against South Florida, even though you guys won by it? I mean, it was the game was never really close, but <laughs> yeah. what was your emotions like? Holy sh- – I mean, we're going to the World Series here. Like, this isn't a joke. Yeah, I mean, it was – it was something I'll never forget. And they, uh, I mean, we were throwing water bottles everywhere and they like, then they came out with like the big, like ticket punch sign. And it that's when I started like, all right. And they gave us the hats and stuff. And we, we were, went around the stadium and like high-fived all the fans and stuff. And that was, that was awesome. This is completely off topic, but I got to bring this up before we go into the college world series aspect of it. Do you think it's kind of soft that referees now are throwing flags for horns down. I think the horns down thing is kind of electric, to be honest. Like, I think it's like, all right, now, all right, now we hate these guys. Cause I think you guys, like you said, you get Texas best every single time. I mean, you, every time you guys play a team, you're getting their best. So was horns up thrown a lot against you? I'm assuming not cause you carved, but did you see a lot of horns, horns down during your time there? Most, most people didn't. It was only after like the game. Cause nobody would do it. Like, during the game because they knew they'd get smoked like there was a couple times that um I remember no one doing it and that was just kind of the standard and it happened my freshman year where like somebody hit a bomb and they do the horns down and the next at bat they get they get one of the ribs and that was just kind of the standard so nobody would ever do it during the game but it um we got one or two after the game for sure and you mentioned you mentioned Nolan. You said Nolan, right? What what was yeah. that? What happened there? Because I don't think I was boys with him when that happened. But I do remember something along the lines of another team threw it up mid-game. Was that correct? And then yeah. it was just like not a brawl, but it was just shit talking. And it was just as electric as it gets. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there. That was the year before I got there. But I remember hearing stories of some like dude hitting a bomb. And when he was rounding third he did it towards like the dugout or something like that. And then it was, they were fired up after that. I think that was TCU. I I think, am I right on that? I think that was TCU because Cody Clemens, he told a story on this, on the pod, he hit a home run and he did the horns back up when he touched home plate. It was kind of like a horns up, horns down off. It was electric, but yeah, Yeah. no, I think I know what it's talking about now. Yes. Okay. That makes more sense. So then you make it to the college world series, obviously, what was like the pregame ceremonies like there? Cause I think that was hundred percent capacity. I think it was almost every game or every game you guys played was sold out. The Texas faithful showed up in droves of people. So what yeah. was that like just the uh, opening ceremonies and like just being able to walk around and see how many Texas fans there actually are in, in the U S. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't have opening ceremonies this year, Oh, okay. but they uh, just like the whole city was, you saw burn orange everywhere and um at our hotel and stuff and it was it was awesome because a lot of those games can turn into like neutral crowds just because people come to watch college baseball and i mean we still had a great showing and you could hear like the fans cheering for us which is can be kind of rare at those games yeah i mean so that game one you guys play the team that ended up winning the championship um mississippi state what was the intense – was that the most intense baseball game you've ever played in so far in your career, just game one? Um, yeah, I would say game one was intense, but game the second game I threw against them was – after we lost the first one, every game after that was we had our backs against the wall. And so it was like – I mean, the pressure was there, and we – I mean, we loved it. We thrived off of it, and it was – so my second start against them was – probably like I was on short rest. And so I, I needed that little more adrenaline. And I was like, I, I can't let them down. Like I got to go out there and, and do what I do. Cause that, so you, yeah, I mean, so you guys play, ended up playing them three times, which is absolutely bananas, but that, so like you said, every single game you guys played from there on out was must win. And you guys ended up rattling off three wins and then having to face them again, which is the double knockout rule, obviously. What's the difference between Tennessee burnt orange and Texas burnt orange, by the way? Like, what's the deal with that? Like, can you tell the difference? Be honest. Like, if you see, you can tell it easily. Yeah, for sure. The Tennessee's not even burnt orange. It, okay. It's kind of like, okay, I, you have a good point there. I might get roasted for that comment. I guess it's kind of like light orange, and that's not even burnt. We're going to call it like uh, crispy orange. Tennessee's, the Tennessee orange is like crispy orange. Okay. It was there, because that game was kind of electric too, I remember, because you guys kind of like murdered them. It was like 8 4. And, seeing that intensity there because they have a massive fan base as well so i mean that that game must have been crazy but 
that what after you guys won that game was there kind of like a like a not a sense of relaxation in the locker room but was it like all right like all right we're here at the college world series we're one and one it's kind of must win but now we can kind of relax not really relaxed i think our just confidence kept growing after that win like they obviously had a really good year and um going in i mean their lineup was they hit a ton of bombs that year and we we held their lineup pretty good, and so it was just our confidence kept growing game by game. Are you? Are, and then you guys play Virginia, then Mississippi State, but you guys end up beating Mississippi State, handing them, I believe it was their only loss that whole weekend. Is that correct? They only lost one game that uh, weekend? No, I think they lost the the second game in the finals to Leiter. Oh, yes, yes, Jack Leiter. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys end up beating Mississippi State and having to play them again the day after – I mean, that that loss you guys had to them, what was it? I mean, what was the locker room like? Because I've never had a like I've never had someone be that close to a college world series on this podcast. So <laughs> was it like I can't even imagine what was the emotions during that loss? Were you guys looking back on the season like holy shit, what a year? Or was it overtaken with the fact that it was like, man, we were like one win away from being in the finals of the college world series? Yeah, I mean, it was it was more like that, like, damn, like we were so close and just uh yeah, I mean it took a while to set in that like I mean we were tied or something going into the eighth or ninth and it was like somebody's gotta win this game and the loser's going home. Like and I, for me it, I wouldn't say it hit till later in that game where it was like one of us is going home after this. Dude, it's it, it's I, I love those bracket style games where it's one like you're one and you're done pretty much. Like they're it just the elimination game. And by the way, there was 21,800 fans there. Like, is that the biggest crowd you've played or not? You didn't pitch that game, but is that the biggest crowd you've like a team that you've been a part of played in front of? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was either that, or I think we sold out the, the bottom of minute made that one year. And it was, I think it was close to 20,000, but yeah, I mean, that that stadium is unbelievable when it was full. I mean, it wraps all the way around, and you've got the whole beach balls going everywhere, and it's, it's pretty sweet. It's a sick atmosphere, dude. So uh, let's go into that start that you had. You said the, the number two start, you guys ended up getting the win. I think you went four or five innings. I'm not looking at stats right now. And you have eight punchies. And I, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me look how many fans were at this game, by the way. So was that – yeah, there was – okay, 24,000 fans at that game. Holy shit. All right. what Was that – was that the craziest game you've ever been a part of? Like just in your whole career? Cause you're, you're playing and literally an elimination, you guys lose, you're done. Like that was the most, like the highest intensity game you've ever played in. But what was running through your head before you pitched? Like how calm were you? Or what was like the adrenaline aspect of that? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely there, but I, I don't know, like both my outings in the world series, especially the first one. I mean, the first one was on father's day. So that was, that was pretty sweet. But, um, I don't know. I, I had a, like, I'm not going to say I was calm, but I knew that I put the work in that year and um, that I did what I needed to do to, to go out there and perform. And it was, it was kind of like, let's, let's go have fun. Like you've dreamed of playing in the college world series since you were a kid. Like let's, let's go do it. And I was, I was excited. I wasn't, I mean, the worst, the worst time for a start is the 15 minutes before you start warming up. Once you start your warm up, it just comes in the routine of what you do every single day. And so it's those like 10, 15 minutes before when you're you're spiking up and you're taking in the crowd where it's like, all right, this is this is real and let's let's lock it in. Dude, I couldn't even imagine because I'm such a mental midget that I would just I would I would like screw up what time I'd start warming up out and all that kind of shit. But you mentioned the 10 to 15 minute range. And when you talk about that range where it's like what you know there's not really much to do because it's kind of like the sandwich time like the the time in between your pregame routine and when you have to start warming up is there a part of you where it's like i can't believe i'm here right now like did you have that during that game or you you just you just were staying in the moment no it's more of like can this 10 minutes run out so i can start <laughs> warm up and get ready to go like you're just, <laughs> just kind of waiting around a little bit Dude, yeah, that's I, that's why I think being a hitter is so much easier than being a pitcher because you guys are just alone out there, bro. Like you got your play. Like for instance, you're playing on ESPN. 
it's literally just you on the bump with the baseball. There's no, it's you like, that's it. There's no one around. Like obviously the fielders, the camera is dead set on you. They're talking about you. Lord knows what they're saying. Cause you're on a national broadcast and the Lord knows what they're saying on Twitter. Like you might've been a meme for all I know. I, I couldn't know, but it's just a create. I, I don't, it's just, you guys don't understand how unbelievable, how insane that is. But I believe that college World series had the highest ratings of, um, of, of all of them. But what I mean, what a World Series, dude! I mean, did you did you watch the championship game, or you just didn't even give a shit after you were done? Um, I mean, I watched a little bit, but I was I was kind of too pissed off to to watch them. <laughs> well, it, you guys are looked upon now as legends, though. You do understand that, though, looking back on that, because you guys made a College World Series for the University of Texas. Like that's just something that you guys will take take with you forever. But I want to the, the second last thing I want to talk about is Steve Pierce. Okay, I, I, I could be butchering his name for all I know, but. Coach Pierce, what is he like as a coach? Is he one of those guys that's going to get in your fucking ear hole all the time if you guys are, like, screwing up like Augie was? Or what? what is he like? What's his coaching style? Um, He's a little more laid back than what I've heard of Augie's story. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like as a group, we kept each other pretty accountable to where we didn't – like, we were probably yelling at each other before – before coach was yelling at us but he uh I mean he can definitely get after some people's ass at times but he uh he was good he was, he was organized and he uh he cared about us no that's the biggest thing I see like obviously on Twitter I can see his tweets and shit I mean this guy's getting tweeted at by Matthew McConaughey and shit I mean he's that guy coach Pierce but uh, it's just did you, what are a couple stories you've heard from Augie because we've had heard some stories about him just like ripping into guys like giving like life-changing advice to guys but is he looked obviously he's looked upon as a legend there but is there a couple stories that you've heard or just something like something in his legacy that you guys still do now is is that like the fall stuff you guys do or what is it no I mean obviously there's like the videos of him just ripping people but we have the quote in the lock in the dugout that he said that the world treats winners than it tr- different than it treats losers and I think yeah. that 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 kind of sums it up and sums him up. And um, it's pretty cool every time you read that. Dude, yeah. It, it, I mean, that quote, I'm a loser then. I mean, I think the world just treats me like shit. So, I mean, I'm a loser. That's plain and simple. I didn't go to the University of Texas. But these Augie stories, like those videos just make you want to run through a brick wall. And yes, and the thing is, though, is like, yes, some of like some people look upon it like, man, this guy's really ripping into this person. But he like he probably changed so many lives at that school and like probably turned so many people around like that were just being like clowns when they were like growing up. But he's such a legendary coach. But the last thing I want to talk about is so you get drafted first round by the Tigers. Humble brag is that good? I'm not talking about a signing bonus, but you signed for a lot. Did you realize you were going to go to the Tigers? I always ask this to guys because I'm so fascinated by it. it's usually the team that never talks to you. But were the Tigers always that team for you? No, it was. Um... Oh no, it was it was an interesting deal. Um, I I mean, it was it was a long night, but they uh, I hadn't talked to them a whole lot. Um, we kind of hit a gap of teams that I was talking to, and once those picks passed, it was kind of like, all right, well, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's a great organization. I'm I'm happy to to be a part of it, and they just they've done a lot of new hires, and um, it's great. It's awesome. Dude, and yeah, Cody Clement speaks very highly of it, obviously. He's just flying through the system. He's in AAA last year. He's only been the minors for like two years already in AAA. But, I mean, so on draft day, you said it was a long day and stuff. When you saw those teams didn't that you thought were going to pick you, not pick you, were you like, man, I might not go first round here? Like, was there, was there that element to you? Because obviously, like I said, you went 32nd, I believe. Is that correct? Or 31st? Yeah. But were you like, man, I might not end up going first round? Was that like an actual reality for you at one point? No, I mean, some of it was maybe like just like the competitiveness of me was like, I think I'm better than some of these guys. Like, yeah, yeah, just screw it. I'll go back to school and show them that I can be <laughs> a higher pick. But then it was I mean, I couldn't have turned down what I turned down. And it was um, it was a great decision. And I'm definitely happy I, I did what I what I did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just you had you had to go there. And the Detroit Tigers, obviously, they're not scared to like just fly guys up to the system, like I mentioned with Cody. You see it with Casey Mize and stuff. But and let's go, let's go. We're not gonna definitely, we're not gonna go into the signing bonus. But I always love hearing these first rounders because it's a big chunk of money you guys get. What was the the dumbest shit that you've bought? Like, or just something where you bought? You're like, maybe I shouldn't have bought that. 
Like, may, like maybe that was kind of dumb. No, I mean, we haven't – they, like, spread out the payments. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't got a huge amount yet, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty smart with my money. I haven't bought anything crazy stupid. Is there something you're looking forward to buying, like a, like a whip or, like, something along those lines? No, I mean, I bought an, uh, an engagement ring a couple months ago, and we uh, I got engaged this offseason, and so that was a big purchase. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'll probably probably wait till I get to the show to buy a new truck. All right, so I'm going to say – I'm gonna just going to announce right now, if Nolan is invited to this wedding, I'm Nolan's plus one. Like, Mal can <laughs> kick rocks. I will be at this wedding. Like, I'm just going to tell you that right now. I will be at this wedding. So just kind of just wrap your head around how you're going to plan it. Because Nolan – Nolan's getting married next year too, actually. So congratulations to Nolan on that, obviously. But yeah, it's just good, good for you, by the way, man. Congratulations on that. So is that like a is that was that like a university or college sweetheart of yours or like a high school sweetheart? Yeah, we've been dating since I was 16. Jesus Christ. All right. So it that credit to you. That's just impressive. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> I, and the thing is, so you just turned 21, and maybe this this is actually a funny question. How much does it suck being an underage kid? Maybe you guys have privileges at Texas, but how much did it suck being under the age of 21 at the University of Texas? Because that school gets after it. I mean, whole like they get after it there. So, I mean, being under the age of 21 there, obviously, is it was it a little bit di- was it a little bit different or like how, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely had to sit out sometimes, but <laughs> after you after you turn 21 is it's a great place to be. So you turned 21 last year, correct? So you actually were 21 during the season. Yes. Okay. That, that's a little bit mixed. So you guys, so you got to celebrate the World Series and you got to celebrate all that kind of stuff at a certain point. So that's inc- incredible. And this is the last thing. I always ask this to Texas guys. Um, I have one rule in my life, and I learned this when I was in junior college when I got borderline jumped by the rodeo team because I was talking shit when I was drunk. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a Texas guy are you? Are you wearing cowboy boots all the time? Maybe a cowboy hat, or are you like a city slicker type of guy? No, I mean, I, I wear some boots, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know where to put myself on the scale. We'll say, like, are we'll you listening that. to country? Because you obviously have the truck, so that's docked right there off it. So I'm, you already started like a four or a five. But <laughs> have, is if I creep you on Instagram, is there pictures of you wearing cowboy hats, cowboy boots? Yeah, there, there is. <laughs> Let me pull this up. I got to pull this up. I, I want to see this. I'm, I might post this from the account. Because like I said, I have one rule, and it's never fuck with guys that wear cowboy boots. I learned that in, when I was – obviously, we don't see cowboy boots that much in Canada here. Let me pull it up. Uh, actually, there isn't. There isn't a picture. Okay. There isn't a picture. Okay, so you're not in that ranking for me, but you hunt. You're, you're, you're a Texas guy. Plain and simple, <laughs> you're a Texas guy. So – and this is how we're going to end it off here. I, w- I want you to talk to the Detroit Tigers fans, all right? What can they expect from you going into this year? Because obviously you're – and there's videos already of you throwing a Texas jersey it's just, or a Detroit jersey. It's it's firing me up, I'll be honest. Like, those videos are electric. You actually had a pen today. Talk to them. I mean, what can they look from you going into this year and throughout your whole career? Uh, I mean, they're going to they're gonna get my best every day, and um, I'm going to be locked in and – bring some, bring some energy. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. It was, it's crazy putting that, that uniform on like today we got to throw our pins in it and, um, just having my name and, and I'm right now they, they gave me the same number. And so that let's go pretty cool. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm ready to get going, dude. That's yeah. That's it's going to be sick. So do you know where you're going to be starting out at? Like how they told you, obviously. No, I don't. I don't know yet. Yeah, because I know some. Of, I know they're high. I don't know where their high A team is actually. I don't. I don't know where any of their teams are besides uh, where Cody was last year, which was in Rochester, right? Is their triple A team Rochester or not Rochester? Uh, Toledo, Toledo. Yeah, so the triple A team was Toledo. But anyways, man, uh, it was a pleasure to have you on. Obviously, and by the way, Comerica Park, which is like three hours from me. What a stadium, dude! <laughs> Holy right. shit! It's awesome. You were, you were there, right? You you went to go see it. Yeah, I, I got to sign up there, and it was it was awesome. It's I mean, it's beautiful. It's a pitcher's park. I mean, you don't have oh, to worry about you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to worry about giving up nukes there, my man. I mean, center field's a nightmare. It's like four twenty to center. Yeah, <laughs> it's sick. But anyways, man, like I said before the show, we had to get you on. We're just at well, at some point, we're just the University of Texas podcast. I mean, we've had literally almost every guy from Nolan's team. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. I'm fired up to see what you do this year. 
Um, and this is just a, a rule for you. When you do get called up, I have to be one of the first 20 people to know when you're making the show. Cause it's like a three hour drive for me. So I'll be there, but just keep me in the loop here. And it's cool because we get to see we're, we're becoming boys now at the start of your career. So I get to grind out every level with you. I'll be texting you on bump day or the day after bump day, letting you know how you did. I'm fired up for this friendship and I'm fired up to see what you do, man. So best of luck this year. I'll be watching. I'll be dialed in, tuned in. So keep doing your thing, brother. I'm fired up for you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. <laughs>